When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This is a podcast from the South China Morning Post. Hey everyone, welcome back to a new episode of Inside China Tech. I'm Zen Su, a tech reporter with the South China Morning Post. So the big thing that's been sweeping China Tech over the last month is 996. And today we're going to talk about what exactly 996 is. I have with me my colleague, Zhou Pinghuang. Hi everyone. As well as a very special guest this week, Tom Xiong, who runs Move Shanghai, as well as is the co-host of Radii China's Digitally China podcast. Hey, Tom. Hi, everyone. So this week, we are talking about 996. So Tom, maybe you want to let us know a little bit more about what exactly 996 is. Yeah, I think 996 became popular or famous outside China about a year ago when Mike Moritz, the very famous partner at Sequoia, wrote this op-ed in Financial Times about how hardworking Chinese tech companies are. But technically what it is, is just a company policy that a lot of companies have where you work between 9 a.m. and 9 p.m. six days a week. So why has it, you know, sort of come to the forefront of the Chinese tech consciousness in the last month? Basically, what happened is that uh, someone uploaded a, b- a bunch of code, which was not really code, on a famous code sharing platform called GitHub, called 996.icu, where ICU stands for Intensive Care Unit. So basically, the message was that if we continue with 996 among engineers in China, we're all going to... Uh, we're all going to get to ICU and, you know, it's just, it's just not sustainable. And that kind of made a lot of engineers start discussing this topic in the tech industry, both Chinese, but also foreign. Yeah. So basically people seem to be complaining about the fact that 996 is like a really sort of inhumane sort of working schedule because it's really, you know, people are overworked. They're saying they're saying they're working really long hours and not necessarily productive, right? Yes, exactly. And a lot of criticism against companies uh, that have enforced this rule, you know, and actually on this GitHub account, they started to do a blacklist and a whitelist, a list of companies that enforce 996 as official policy for the employees and companies that do not. Yeah, so very interestingly on that list, I believe like all of the big tech companies like BAT is on there, you know, Baidu, Alibaba, Tencent. And also, I just want to point out that the South China Morning Post is owned by Alibaba. Yeah, so um, Baidu, Alibaba, Tencent is on there, Xiaomi is on there, Pinduoduo, Alama, Xiaohongshu, everybody's on there, JD.com as well. So before we go deeper into this subject, I want to let Zhou Ping talk a little bit about his first-hand interviews with tech employees. Because Zhou Ping, you know, you, you spent you, you spent some time in Beijing like a couple of months, right? Yeah, recently I spent like two months in Beijing working on a story, feature story about like how it is really like living in China's Silicon Valley. Because there are like three tech hubs in Beijing, which is 
Wang Jing, CRT, and Zhongguan Chun, they are being dubbed like China Silicon Valley, right? So I just met a couple of people there and the talk with them, like how sad their life is. So how sad are their lives actually? Tell us the headline that ran for your story, joking. Yeah, it's a catchy one. Uh, no sleep, no sex, no life. Tech workers in China Silicon Valley face burnout before they reach 30. Yeah, so that's quite interesting. Like no sleep, no sex, no life. What does that you know? What what does that basically encapsulate? What what are the people telling you? Yeah, because I guess the biggest struggle for every single of them is nine nine six or like working schedule similar to that. Like for example, uh, one employee from ByteDance, which is the one of China's biggest social media company, and like uh, the person is telling me like that they're having a schedule called like big slash small week policy basically for every two week you have to spend one of your some days working and for that day you don't get a like your 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 usual ot salary for that and besides from that it is common for like developers uh product managers for them to work from like 10 maybe to 11 midnight or even later so not Everyone is like living a 996 life, but everyone kind of like, like overwork a lot. That's their biggest struggles. Yeah. So basically, it sounds like 996 is kind of, I mean, it's not super exact. As in, there are lots of companies where people work 12 hours, basically, like 10, 10, 6 or 11, 11, 6 or something like that. So basically, what is the problem with this you know you know before like uh um like tom just said you said you know with the op-ed before people lauding like um, mike moritz was lauding that you know chinese tech workers are working really long hours and are very dedicated to what they're doing so why is it coming up right now where people are so unhappy with this schedule even though it's been in place for years well i i think one of the reasons this is coming up right now is that at the same time we're seeing a downturn in the chinese tech sector so we're seeing a lot of people uh, getting fired we're seeing a lot of companies maybe not paying out bonuses so overall the kind of mentality in the chinese tech sector has become slightly less positive than it was one or two years ago. And obviously, in this type of downturn and a lot of larger companies having huge challenges in front of them, they've been harsher also towards their employees in making them work harder while not paying out bonuses. So when the Chinese tech industry was booming, it was... Like people were okay, okay with sort of working the long hours. Is that is that right? Yeah, I think a few years ago, everyone felt they were riding this wave together. You know, everything's like exploding. Everyone's making so much money. You know, we're getting new users. We're getting new investment. You know, all that stuff. And now the second one that gets a little bit shifted, then people start questioning, why do I actually work this hard? Yeah. So Jiaoping, you you've spoken to like like some ten. Um, tech workers, right, for your story? Yeah, close to 10. Yeah, Yeah, so what are their complaints exactly? Like, how has this actually affected their life, like these long working hours? Like, the most shocking, like, anecdote I heard is that a young couple, like, they're near 30, and they're kind of pushed by both of their parents to get a baby. But uh, both of them work as product managers, and their daily routine is just like they got home, like, uh, around midnight so they have no energy or time for sex and they have been trying that for like almost half a year 
and there is no result. So it's kind of shocking that employer your employer's influence can reach into your bedroom. You know, after there was this whole backlash, right? On on uh, so basically, it started with that repository on GitHub where it became sort of like a protest. For developers to say, like you know, this is really unacceptable. So after that backlash, we've had some, you know, sort of CEOs come up and say, mm-hmm. have varying sort of uh, stances on this nine nine six. So, um, Tom, do you know what、uh, Alibaba's Jack Ma said? Yeah, he went out and actually both were both were positive and negative about this, right?、Uh, but I think the main message from him was that you know. Uh, it could be a good opportunity for people to work this hard when you're young, and for you to actually become much better what you, at what you do. But at, at the same time, at least between between the sentences, or at least you know in these、uh, excerpts of, from the interview, I felt that he was also very much. Talking about you know the importance to feel that whatever you're doing is important, and then how many hours you work shouldn't matter. Yeah, and I believe that、um, JD.com's Richard Liu basically also came out and said something similar, right? That you know he wants to like he he basically sort of defended nine nine six and said that it's important you know for employees to work hard. So one very interesting criticism I've seen on Twitter about. Uh, you know, when tech CEOs come out to say that to defend nine nine six or to defend long working hours, are that of course they would say that because their employees, you know, if their employees work hard, it benefits them, right? As as sort of tech billionaires to keep the company going. Joping, do you have、mm-hmm. any thoughts around what was being said? Yeah, I agree. Actually, just some context for those who didn't follow what Jack Ma said about like nine nine six closely. Like a week ago, he first talked about the topic in an internal talk, which is like streamed to Alibaba employees, and it's a like internal event held in their Hangzhou headquarters. But anyway, on the second day, Alibaba kind of released the, the whole script of his talk through the WeChat account. So what Jack Ma said during that、uh, talk is like he called nine nine six a huge blessing for companies and employees, and he's suggesting like that、uh, if you, when you are young, if you don't have the opportunity to work nine nine six, when will you?、Uh, but what's interesting is that like so after the internal talk, there's a lot of criticism online, right? So Jack Ma sort of followed up on his own like. Uh, comment and over the same weekend, he posted on Weibo. He kind of toned down his stance. He is saying, just like what Tom has mentioned earlier, it's kind of a personal choice. But if you choose this way, you can like improve a lot of your own like skill sets or abilities and contribute more to the company, of course, and have a better life, right? So. I do agree. Like you, you can tell the difference when Jack Ma faced. Inwards compared to he's talking to the public, but I do agree. Who stands to benefit the most from such a working schedule? It's people like Jack Ma, right? It's the shareholders. Yeah. So, like, you know, when you look at local media reports or you look at sort of anecdotes that tech workers have talked about, it seems that it's not so much that they're unhappy with the fact that they have to work long hours of overtime. It is more that the company expects them to work this. You know this crazy schedule, even you know, like in in a very unproductive manner. Like you know, I've seen on Twitter where people are saying that, 
like the HR of a company, for example, might walk through the company at eight o'clock at night, you know, just to note down who's sitting at their desks and who aren't, you know, at their desks. And that kind of like whether or not you leave so-called quote unquote early is seen as like a measure of your value to the company or like how hard you're working to the company. And, you know, that really makes people really uncomfortable because it doesn't mean that because you stay at a company, work, you know, at your desk for 12 hours, it means that you're necessarily more productive than somebody who perhaps worked eight hours. What do you think, Tom? Yeah, I think at the essence of it, uh, this is about respect. It's about feeling valued as a person, as an employee, because I'm giving my life to this thing right now. And the way the Chinese tech companies have been communicating, I think is a little bit immature and actually missing the kind of point because instead of them trying to communicate why you should work with us, how we're trying to change the world, etc., etc., the way Silicon Valley companies actually do, I think a lot of Chinese tech companies have been a little bit lazy and just said, you know what, you just work 12 hours a day. I don't care what you think, this is our policy. And then you just sit there and wait for me to tell you what to do. I think that this is a super generational thing. I mean, if we just look at our parents, like the older generation in China, this is normal. You work hard, you work very hard, and that's all you do because it's about survival. And it's a lot of those type of attitudes we see from senior management at tech companies in China that are part of the older generation that grew up in that type of China. And But to be blunt as well, you know, the competitive space in China is really, really harsh. You need to go and work very hard in order to launch new features, you know, find new marketing campaigns, talk to new partners, get new clients, whatever that is. And every extra hour you put in probably means that, you know, you get a little bit ahead of your competitor. Yeah, like, um, you know, I've had several conversations with some, you know, more like high level executives who are maybe, you know, like one generation above me. And to a lot of them, they don't really understand what the big fuss is about, because when they were young, you know, there was no such thing as like, oh, I want to have a work-life balance. Like, I only want to work eight hours and then I want to go home and I want to have time for myself. Like, a lot of it was just about, you know, putting in the hours, working really hard, uh, you know, to to get to make achievements for yourself. And, you know, it's actually not even exclusive to, like, the Chinese tech industry. Like, we know that, you know, for lawyers or, like, investment bankers, like, long working hours has always been the norm. But lawyers and bankers got paid much better, right? Yeah, they get actually quite a lot more. I mean, tech workers in China aren't underpaid. You know, we're still talking about the category of people in China that we should call, you know, upper middle class or even higher than that. But I think at the end, I think to summarize this, the main difference is again about respect and what the expectations are. You know, when you go to school, when you go to business school, everyone says, you know, you got to get into investment banking or management consultancy. But, you know, it's really hard. You got to work 80 hour weeks and you got to push really hard. But after a few years, you know, that's going to be good for you. Because it's worth it, you're going to learn so much, we're going to make so huge bonuses or whatnot. The truth is not everyone makes those huge bonuses, but it is just expectation of what the industry is. While I think a lot of people get into tech with the expectation, you know, I'm going to create really cool stuff. I'm going to be part of a you know, success story. You know, we're going to have millions of people and we're going to be creative and, you know, change the world. And then you get to work and your boss says, sit here, wait for my orders. And by the way, 
don't go home until 9 p.m. You know, that's a very different type of world versus your expectations. Yeah. So, I mean, the idea is also that like all these developers or product managers that they've become very sort of replaceable or dispensable. Right, joking. Like, I mean, I think in your story you mentioned that for um, developers, or whatever, there's some derogatory terms that that people use to label to label tech workers. Yeah, in China, like software developers, are uh, jokingly called like uh, if we translate back to English, they are jokingly called like programming apes because there's a wordplay, and some uh, another term can be coding farmer, mm, like ma nong, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 This is a reflection of like how people view those tech workers. Because actually, it's interesting that one of my interviewees described himself as a like construction worker because he felt he is easily replaced by younger people who can be paid much less than him. Because that person is like、uh, more more than thirty years old, and、uh, he's kind of a mid level in a tier one tech company. So. He felt the class, so he felt the career ceiling is just there. Like it's hard for him to move up, up, like one level, or like jump into another、uh, tech company with better pay. So he's kind of wondering whether he should quit or not. Yeah, I mean, you know, with、uh, with with China Tech, I think before there were also reports that there is like a little bit of age discrimination because. Like the sheer number, like the sheer number of people who are graduating every year, you know, as developers who are willing to either work for less or you know to get into a big tech company, they're just coming every year, right? So past a certain age, I think it was thirty, like um, you know, like you just become just automatically less attractive to tech companies. So I also want to point out here that you know China is not alone with this kind of long working week. So I, this is kind of interesting, actually. China's official working week is only forty hours. So like. If we have like nine nine six, that's like twelve hours a day. That's like sixty hours. No, not sixty hours. Seventy two hours a week. Basically, it's like a way. You know, this is just way more overtime than 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 is stipulated. But in other countries like South Korea and Japan, people also work insane hours. In fact, I think South Korea is like ranked number three in terms of like countries who work the longest. And in Japan, you know, there is this、uh, Japanese term called karoshi, which is like working to death, basically, like you work yourself to death. Yeah. And then on the other hand, we we have countries in Europe where you have countries like Germany or France with like way less working hours, who claim to be you know more productive than like countries like Japan or South Korea who are working like just upwards of twelve hours every day. So Tom, you're from Sweden, right? Yeah, yeah. I believe Sweden also has like a fairly short working week. What is it like in,、uh, you know, in Sweden? What do you think about the productivity? Do you think that long hours equals to more work?、Uh, actually, it's it's very interesting because if you look at it from a Swedish or Scandinavian perspective, I mean, in Sweden right now they are having discussions whether you know if forty hour working weeks are a little bit too much. Too much? Yes. Wait, wait, wait. Yes. What? Okay, okay, okay. Sorry, I'll let you elaborate. No, so so basically, in Sweden right now, they are having discussions about whether forty-hour weeks are a little bit too much, and maybe that should be shortened to you know thirty-two per week instead. 
And the reason of this being that, you know, there they have been a lot of research and a lot of studies in those markets among people, you know, in order to unlock people's creativity, in order to unlock, you know, enable people to be efficient, in order to enable people to be happy, you know, because they have families and stuff like that. You know, they can't work that much because they'll just get depressed and or, you know, sit and do nothing at work. Although it's a very different way to look at the world because we got to understand how those societies are. You know, Sweden is a country with a population that's less than half of Shanghai. You know, and and those type of uh, countries are way more developed in the sense that, you know, you usually don't have like the speed isn't very fast in the development in the innovation at the same time as um sorry at the same time as most types of works are very much about just innovation or creativity and that those type of industries and of course then you're gonna you know conclude on stuff like this when you basically run an ad agency you need people to be creative not just to do stuff yeah so it seems like like in in countries like in Sweden or in Europe where um you know they they truly believe that to have a productive employee your employee must also be happy and well rested you know in order to be innovative or to be creative whereas in China it's more like well you know we have like the most population and so we will just throw people at a problem until you know we can get ahead actually recently some chinese lawmakers i believe they proposed to cut the official working hours like they're saying hey like you guys shouldn't work on friday afternoon so that's four hours less right but the thinking is quite different from what sweden is experiencing because they are saying like uh the economy is slowing so more like so we now if we get two and a half days for the weekend people can spend more time in shopping or whatever recreation activities so it's kind of a way to boost the economy uh, so basically they want to give people time to spend the money that they're making working at all these companies and boosting the slowing chinese economy right it's all about <laughs> money yeah i mean um i just i mean i also just wanted to point out that you know with like 996 these these 12-hour things like it's quite common in chinese companies to take a nap in the afternoons am i right with these tech workers Yeah, not only tech workers, I guess any like Chinese companies, uh, there you can like nap for like half an hour or an hour like after lunch. Yeah, so I mean, I'm just really curious as to how much of this 12 hours is actually spent working because you have to have multiple meal times, you you know, people take naps, like, and you know, on the other hand, we have like Chinese state-owned companies. Like it's like, I, I mean, I think it's very extreme, right? Like on one hand in China, you know, it's not that every industry is like this. It's just the, the tech industry in particular. On the other hand, you have like Chinese state-owned companies, which are known for, you know, employees just basically not doing much Yeah, like get into the office at nine and then pour yourself a tea, read some newspaper, and lunchtime at 11, take a nap. And then when it's like four or five, you just knock off. Yeah, it's like, uh, you know, the um, famous sci- uh, science fiction writer Liu Cixin, like he wrote um, The Wandering Earth and like The Three-Body Problem. So there was like a big uproar because he had apparently said that he wrote most of his books during his working time when he was at like 
like a state-owned power plant. So there was this whole discussion about, you know, whether or not like the state-owned industries are actually productive. And then on the other hand, we have like like Chinese tech workers who are being basically overworked to death. Like we've had a few cases where people basically get heart attacks because, you know, they, they, they've worked too much. Yeah, I think like when, when looking at this 906 and overtime topic, I mean, even if we look into Silicon Valley, we look in Sweden, you know, the, the country of Spotify, for example, all these startups have staff that are working a lot. They're working 12-hour days or longer, you know, whether it is engineers or project managers and whatnot, because they have a passion for what they do. And I still think, like, that's the core of the criticism that a lot of people right now are in the industry are working for these very large tech companies. They don't feel respected, and they don't feel like they're part of a journey. Instead, they're just there slaving away. I mean, I listened to this other podcast in Chinese with a bunch of engineers and that ran startups discussing 996. And basically, they said that, you know what, I could never implement 996 at my startup because all the smart people I'm going to find are just going to leave me because they wouldn't accept that. Yeah, so... um you know, at the end of the day, I think it's really about the fact that they don't feel like they have a choice, you know, to, to work. They don't find meaning in their jobs. And you might be very different if, you know, if you're very passionate. I'm sure there are also tech employees, you know, or startup founders who are, you know, they believe in what they do. And so they don't mind putting in that kind of work. You know, like that saying goes, like, if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. So I guess, you know, in some cases it's true. But I guess for this problem, it's really, you know, like Tom said, it's about a lack of respect and, you know, just seeing them basically as disposable sort of tech workers. So, I mean, ultimately, it seems like this is fundamentally a cultural thing. So are we at the crossroads where we might see Chinese tech culture change? Yeah, I definitely think so. I think a lot of the big tech companies are for the first time ever feeling some type of backlash from their employees. And I also think that there's a huge difference between the people leading these large tech companies and the new generation of millennial workers. So either a bunch of other startups will come, you know, have a totally different type of messaging and be, be able to attract the smartest millennials in China and Ali or JD or whoever are going to lose them. Or these tech companies will change rapidly in order to understand what they need to do to attract this type of talent. Like we're witnessing awakening and a generational clash. A lot of the tech companies are going to realize the new millennial workers, what to do in order to attract them. We're going to see a lot of them change very soon because they're going to lose so much staff very soon. Okay, so Tom, it's Friday. What time are you going to get off work today? My normal time around 7 or 8 p.m. actually. <laughs> How about you, Joping? It's public holiday in Hong Kong, so we should definitely get off early today. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Tom, where can we find you on social media? So you can find me on Twitter at TOMXIO or on RadiiChina.com where we publish our episodes and articles about tech. Yeah, so definitely subscribe to um, Digitally China if you're interested in checking out Tom's podcast. So they do a really great in-depth episode once every two weeks. So definitely check them out. And Joe Ping, where can we find you on social media? You can add me on Twitter at PingRoma, P-I-N-G-R-O-M-A. All right. So if you would like to follow me on Twitter, my handle is at Zensu, at Z-E-N-S-O-O. Also, if you want to read our awesome tech content, head on to scmp.com slash tech. Finally, if you like this podcast, we are available on Spotify, iTunes, and Stitcher. Rate us five stars, and I'll see you next week. 
Bye. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.